Well, good morning, and we will turn again to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5, we'll read something from Deuteronomy chapter 5 later on. Just a few bits and pieces that would be of interest, I'm sure, to you. Uh, talking about evangelicals and Islam. You know, Billy Graham has said Islam is misunderstood. Muhammad had a great respect for Jesus, called Jesus the greatest of the prophets except himself. I think we're closer to Islam than we really think we are. That was Billy Graham. And then we have that guy, Robert Schuller, and he has the Crystal Cathedral in California. He sponsored a joint Christian-Muslim Institute for Peace. He told the imam, Alfred Muhammad, that if all of his, Schuller's descendants became Muslims, it wouldn't bother him as long as they weren't atheists. Way back after, two months after 9-11, Schuller, who on a Sunday morning has the largest religious TV show in the world, basked in the acclaim of Muslims at a villa park in a noise mosque. Schuller co-hosted this evening of religious solidarity with Imam W.D. Muhammad. One of the honoured guests, pseudo-Muslim Louis Farrakhan, praised Schuller as a mighty spiritual giant whose hour of prayer television program he watched with approval for about 30 years. And then on the other hand, Franklin Graham called Islam evil and wicked, but Christianity Today disagreed, saying that Islam would not have become the second largest world religion if it were as thoroughly evil as these comments suggest. Well, I wonder why the Roman Catholic Church has become so powerful when you look back through its history. And in that vein, I wonder, did you see the Pope in Brazil? He's canonizing Brazil's first saint. Friar Antonio, who died in 1822. Wonderful evangelical, this man, obviously. He dispensed cure-all pills from a modest monastery in San Sao Paulo. The pills which are still being handed out are actually small scraps of paper inscribed with prayers to the Virgin Mary. In the run-up to Friar Antonio's canonization, demand for the pills increased dramatically and the 14 nuns who live in the convent he founded are currently distributing as many as 10,000 pills a day. And I don't know what our evangelical ecumenical friends can make of this amazing I also was listening to a program recently on stillbirths and the fact that babies go to limbo and I'll talk a little bit about that some other day very cruel practice in the Roman Catholic Church meanwhile in the European Parliament <coughs> The following is from uh, an article in a newspaper. In a disgraceful debate in the European Parliament yesterday, members of the European Parliament from, from France, the Netherlands and Italy, among others, 
vilified Poland as hateful and repulsive for refusing to allow promotion of homosexuality in schools. A vote was held today to approve an EP, that's the European Parliament resolution, chastising Poland for homophobia. The resolution, adopted by 325 votes to 124, calls for a fact-finding mission to be sent to Poland for worldwide discrimination, decriminalization of homosexuality, and for the Commission to take member states to court if they breach the EU obligations. And uh, it's good that Poland stood out against it. Uh, despite uh, all this, they have stood their ground so far at least. So things are getting bad and we should keep our eyes on the newspapers and on the bits of news that come in just to let us realise that we are living in these last days. Now let's turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5. We read from verse 6. The Ten Commandments. I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage. Thou shalt have none other gods before me. Thou shalt not make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the waters beneath the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself unto them nor serve them for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me, and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Six days shalt thou labour, and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, nor thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy ox, nor thine ass, nor any of thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates, that thy manservant and thy maidservant may rest as well as thou. And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out thence through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. Honour thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with thee, in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, neither shalt thou commit adultery, neither shalt thou steal, neither shalt thou bear false witness against thy neighbour, neither shalt thou desire thy neighbour's wife, Neither shalt thou covet thy neighbour's house, his field, or his manservant, or his maidservant, his ox, or his ass, 
or anything that is thy neighbor's. The Ten Commandments. We saw in our talk last week that we were not under the law, but under grace. We saw that the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. If we seek to live under any part of the law, then we must of necessity live under the whole of it. We saw how the law and grace were opposed to each other. Even though today there are those who would seek to bind their followers to certain aspects of the law. And that was the whole reason why we saw that Paul wrote Galatians. Galatians 2.19 For I through the law have died to the law that I may live to God. That takes me out from under the power of the law because I've died to the law. Therefore, law cannot have any influence over a person who's dead. A policeman cannot accuse a dead person or bring them under the law of the land. Likewise, I have died to the law, Paul says. Romans 7 verse 4. Therefore, my brethren, you were also made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. We died to the law, and now we're connected, we're joined to the Lord Jesus Christ who conquered death. And who is not under the law. And so if we are dead to the law. How can the rules of life according to the law. Be of any consequence to us anymore. Living that way. The way of the law. It says produced fruit unto death. In Romans 7.5 For when we were in the flesh. The sinful passions which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. And this is clearly shown by the fact that the Israelites who lived by the law, they were punished by the law. If we seek to live by the law, will we then be, have to be punished by the law? The law was given by God to Moses sometimes called the law of Moses the law was given by Moses but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ and it contained the ten commandments but it also contained all the laws pertaining to worship to living, to diets in fact how they were to live and behave and act when they moved into the promised land now we often hear people saying oh they were divided the, the law was divided between the moral law and the ceremonial law but as far as I can see in scripture there is no such division mentioned there is but one law the law of God the law of Moses some who wish 
to maintain some aspects of the old covenant make this division just to suit their own particular slant or doctrine. Now having said that, where does this leave us as Christians living in today's world? Well, you shouldn't be surprised that our position is just the same as it was when Paul wrote his epistles, especially the epistle to the Galatians. Galatians 2, 19 and 20. For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, he doesn't say I live by the law, no. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me, and gave himself for me. The law, as we saw, finished at the cross. I'm dead to the law, but I'm alive in Christ by faith in the Son of God. That is your position. That's my position if we have come to Christ as our Saviour. an interesting passage in Galatians 5 turn to Galatians 5 verses 16 to 25 but I say and it's an ASB translation walk by the spirit and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh for the flesh sets its desires against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh for these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, Strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. Of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Such practical teaching Paul is giving, uh, giving to the Galatians. We now walk in liberty of the Spirit. Self has been crucified. And Christ is now alive in me. Christ in me, Paul says, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Now, as we have said before, the before the crucifixion of our Saviour, there were two types of people in this world 
Jews and Gentiles. Jews and Gentiles. Jews living under the law. Gentiles living without the law. Two types. Jews living under the law. Gentiles living without the law. Now there are three types. The third being you and me if we are living by faith in the Son of God. Christians living in Christ. Not under the law. Citizens of heaven. Turning to the Ten Commandments. No one can keep the Ten Commandments of God. If we read the Old Covenant in the letter and the conditions of it, we find it was a ministry of death and condemnation. We have read that list of how the Galatians once lived, producing the deeds of the flesh in their lives. We, in this present world, have a picture of what our society is like. In Romans 1, 28-31. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, and although they know the ordinance of God, that those who practice such things are worthy of death, they not only do the same, but also give hearty approval to those who practice them. Man in the flesh cannot keep God's laws. And those who sought to live by them under the law were judged by them. But we may only please God by walking in the Spirit and coming under the effective ministry of the new covenant. Keep on remembering, if we be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. If ye are led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Galatians 5.18 It is plain that if if to be under the law were the means of our Christian holiness, our practical walk, it would have said in that verse, ye are under the law. Rather, it says, ye are not under the law, if we are led by the Spirit. But men's eyes have been blinded to this. They take up the Ten Commandments, they repeat them, they teach them, and yet they say they are not on the law. If we adopt the language of the Ten Commandments as the expression of our relationship with God, the moment you put Christians under the law as that by which they have to walk, You're doing the very thing that the epistle to the Galatians was intended to correct. 
provide, if you start putting any aspect of our walk by faith in the Spirit under an aspect of the law, then we're doing what the Galatians were doing. But what about, how do we get over this? The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, coming into my life, brings in a deeper position of holiness than was asked for in the Ten Commandments. Our Lord Jesus Christ said once, except your righteousness exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. What did he mean by that? He didn't mean the righteousness of God which is imputed to us at salvation. But he was talking about our practical living. That which is the result of the Holy Spirit's work in my life. Founded on the work of Christ. Separation from the world. Devotedness to God. Obedience to his word. Obedience to his doctrines. And love. All in accordance with the will of God as it was shown by the life of our Lord Jesus Christ. His obedience exceeded the law. And we are called to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. One example, one simple example. The law said you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Jesus said, As I have loved you, so ye must love one another. It was difficult. It was very difficult to love your neighbour as yourself. We had a neighbour back home. He was supposed to be a Christian. He was the most awkward neighbour one could have had. Love your neighbour as yourself. But I, as a Christian, was told to love as the Lord Jesus Christ loved. He loved the world with all its sinfulness and he died. It cost him his life. And that's the standard he sets for you and for me as Christians. It exceeds the law. As we follow our Saviour, as he dwells within us in the power of his spirit, as he mediates before his heavenly Father for us, then... And then only will the principles expressed in the Ten Commandments be possible for me to live. And more so. For instance, then we will not desire to worship another God. We will not worship any idols. Anything which comes between us and God. We will remember that God is a holy God because of that we will honour our parents we will have concern and love for our neighbours we will seek to live at peace with all men to live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty as Paul advised Timothy we will like Paul be able to say in whatsoever state we are in therewith to be content we should not covet we should be content with our lot there is one law however which we are not 
to keep. Although the admonition and the rule says to keep the Sabbath day, which was holy, it was for the Jewish nation. We, however, I believe, should seek to live our lives on the first day of the week in such a way as to honour our Lord and Saviour. And that probably goes for every day of the week as well. And just a small thing about the Sabbath, it was distinctly and exclusively for the Jewish nation. It is spoken of as a sign between Jehovah and his people Israel. There's not the remote hint of it being intended for the Gentiles. And it's a picture of the eternal rest into which his people, the Jewish people, will eventually enter. They are going through tribulations and troubles now and they will go through an awful lot more but someday they will enter into that rest which Paul says remaineth for the people of God. There is always the possibility that we will seek to impose the, the rules of the law on other Christians and we have I remember we used to go to a little covenanter church back in Ireland on occasions and they spoke about Sabbath school and the Sabbath services they were beginning to impose on their people the conditions of the law and that Nothing, nothing could be more strongly marked than this. For anyone to attempt to enjoin upon the church of God the legal or superstitious observance of what the Bible talks about days and months and times and years is to falsify the entire Christian position. Robs, robs in some way the Christian of the place and portion which belonged to him. This command was the only one of the Ten Commandments which is not reflected within the teaching of Paul and the other writers of the New Testament. Beware of any doctrine which seeks to bring us back under the law. You know, we're living in an age when scriptural truths are being twisted. We see it all happening all around us. The doctrines of the apostles, the truths which have been recognized for years as the doctrines of the church are being twisted around. I was reading recently about a new one which is coming in. The new perspective on Paul and they're teaching that uh, Paul got the wrong end of the stick or we got the wrong end of the stick in realizing what Paul was teaching people such as the Bishop of Durham and some others are championing this kind of doctrine claiming against some other things one of the things they say that faith is not the means of justification or of joining the covenant community as they talk about 
It is a badge of covenant membership. One joins a covenant community through water baptism, completely against scripture. They claim that first century Jews was not a salvation by works religion, which the law was, but they're going against that. They say justification by faith and imputed righteousness was read into Paul by some of the early uh, Christians like Augustine, Luther, Wesley and Calvin. That Paul didn't teach justification by faith. So beware, be on our guard uh, when we see these false teachers coming into the churches. We must be good soldiers. Don't be swayed away from the doctrine of the doctrines of Scripture. And just in closing, let's read what Paul said to Timothy, Second Timothy two. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. Consider what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. Remember Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, descendant of David, according to my gospel, for which I suffer hardship even to imprisonment as a criminal. But the word of God is not imprisoned. For this reason, I endure all things for the sake of those who are chosen, so that they also may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus, and with it eternal glory. It is a trustworthy statement. For if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remind them of these things, and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. May God help us to accurately handle the word of truth. Amen.